0: Welcome back to another episode of Too Authentic. On Too Authentic, we talk about real and relevant topics in an authentic way, maybe too authentic for some. Today's guest is the lovely Priya Sharma. Priya actually has over, I think 550,000 the last time I checked on TikTok and she's growing a following on Instagram too. She's very inspiring to me for many reasons and I'm sure you're all going to love her today. Hey Priya, thank you for joining. Hey Jazz, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Do you mind giving a little bit of a brief introduction about yourself? Yes, of course. So
1: hi, my name's Priya and I live in a van with my partner, um, Sid. We quit our jobs in September 2020. We used to be mining engineers and then now we sell spices and I make cooking videos.
0: (laughs) I love that so much. And the reason I asked you to do your intro, I knew you were going to say, Hi, my name is Priya. (laughs) I couldn't wait. I had to. I had to. Yeah. You mentioned that you were a mining engineer for quite some time. Um, How long were you in that industry for before you decided to quit and change up everything? So I was a mining engineer
1: for five years. If you add on the uni part, that was four years. So the whole process was nine years of my life. It was a pretty big part if you think of it in that way. Um, So yeah, leaving it, when you meet people, it's kind of like identity crisis. It's like, what do you do? I was like, I don't know.
0: <laughs> wow. So like nine years. Okay, so that's a big investment of your time, a big chunk of your adulthood. What was that like final step where you're like, I've got to actually change something? Like what was that moment like for you?
1: The moment wasn't just one moment because, I mean, Everyone kind of goes through this thing where they're like, I don't like my job. I'd love to just be traveling my whole life. So that is one realization. And that happened when we were in Austria. So we were on an exchange to Austria for six months. And that was one realization that I don't know if we really want to do the normal nine to five thing and buy a house, get married, have kids. So that was kind of step one. Then while we were working, because we lived in rural areas, we were so far away from everyone, you kind of have this disconnect. So that slowly kind of built into it. But the kind of big bang moment for me was hearing this quote. So there, it's not a quote, it's a little story. So okay. there's this 80-year-old man and he's dying and he is hes hes a lawyer. So he spent his whole life studying. And just practicing law. Then, in his first year of law, he hated it. But his family told him, "Keep doing it. You've already been doing it for one year. Finish your law degree." So he yep. finishes his law degree. So maybe four or five years go by, and then he tells his family again, "I don't want to do this. I hate it." And they say again, "You've already invested five, four, or five years of your life. Why are you going to waste time?" Just keep doing it, like, just stick with it. You picked it, stick with it. And at 80 years old on his deathbed, he says, it could have just been four years. I could have just wasted four years, but instead I spent my whole life doing it. So it's like, for me, it was that. Okay. And every time, you know, sometimes things get scary. I look back at that and I go, the end of the day, I'm so much happier
0: doing what I'm doing. That's the important thing, right? You're happy.
1: Yeah, there's uncertainty, but it's only around money. At the end of the day, Sid and I have each other for that support and getting through, you know, when you're a bit like, oh, was this the right decision? (laughs) Yeah, of
0: course. It was was the right decision. And yeah. Okay. All right. That's really interesting. I I love how you... Shared a little bit about that story, what got you inspired to finally make that change. I think for a lot of us, myself personally, in the past as well, we get stuck in this like ticking things off a list, right? You go to uni and then you'll get that job from your degree, and then you're like, okay, this is my life plan, and now I'll stick to it. But then you have those feelings where you're like, not really sure if that's what you want to do. And at the same time, you're battling this perception or this expectation from society like, what would people think if I just like, wasted these few years of my life I'm sure you've heard it before as well you took nine years in something why have you now you know changed up things as well how do you deal with that do you have that inner voice sometimes oh all
1: the time all the time and there's nothing that makes it go away you just have to talk to yourself I guess rather than be reactive with the emotion and it's, it's a huge change it's a habit kind of change thing but yeah. it's logically it's like yeah I did it for nine years it wasn't the thing that's okay we're doing something new it's okay. fine it doesn't have to be a huge thing like it's just we're doing something different and yeah. something I always also think about is I was good at my job I did it well like I can do something new and put in all that effort into myself like you know people who build something people who do different stuff they're not special right they're just people who just do something different they commit to it and then they do it yeah yeah like we kind of you know if somebody starts a business we kind of like put them on this pedestal where it's like oh my god you must be this different type of person (laughs) breathe different air (laughs) it's like yeah no they just when stuff failed and stuff didn't work they just kept going so yeah yeah. i also use everything that i learned from mining and the persistence and that things are hard but you just keep doing it
0: yeah okay and how is your family's reaction to this because that's obviously a big change like Were they keen on you staying in mining or were they like really happy that you took a jump? How was it like? Oh, they reacted the same way a
1: typical Indian parent would. My parents are your standard Indian parents, (laughs) like go to work, just, you know, do the standard thing. They had their concerns, but I was also living in Queensland. So I hadn't been down to Sydney in 11 months. I hadn't seen them in a really long time so it kind of made it a bit easier to tell them over the phone
0: okay
1: unlike say if you live at home with your parents it'd be be a bit hard you know interacting with them daily telling them hey I'm going to quit my job like you have to see them every day I was able to just have a phone call talk and then after 20 minutes hang up yeah okay I had that escape. So it was definitely a lot easier. The nerves in telling them were definitely there because we were in the middle of pandemic. People were losing their job left, right and center. And here I was saying, I want to quit my job because I don't like it. Mm. When you look at it in that way, um, I can understand where my family was coming from, where it's like, not even just my family, just everyone around me. It's like, you should be grateful you have a job. And when you don't feel that way, it can be quite conflicting for Mm. yourself. But it's like, at the end of the day, this isn't what I want to do. I get that I should be grateful, but it's not what I want to do.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Sometimes I feel like this. you should be grateful for X, Y, Z. I feel like this statement is used in so many different ways that we start getting comfortable with this like internal conflict that we may have about certain things because you realize that you are in a like i guess in a position of privilege to be able to say okay i don't feel like doing this anymore maybe you have like some savings that you know can cushion it for a while and you're going to be okay but at the same time like what you said is right like you have to be happy and that's the most important thing right like imagine if you had stayed on in mining like and maybe you weren't feeling that passionate anymore like would you really be happy no
1: And that's, like, the biggest thing. We need to compare each other by happiness rather than this person is doing this or this person is this successful, this person is making this much money. It should be that person's really happy and it's, like, I'm so happy for you that you're happy. Like, what is it that you do
0: for yourself that makes you happy? We never ask each other that ever The day the South Asian culture starts asking these questions and I start getting aunties and uncles asking me these questions, that's how, you know, we've progressed. That would be so cool, right?
1: That's not going to happen. It's just what are you doing? So are you making enough money doing that? And it's like, Mm. who cares? (laughs) Like your son or daughter um, working as a doctor, like I know they're miserable. They hate what they're doing. Some people may love it, but if you do something just to show off to people, like that's That's not enough to commit your whole life to it.
0: Exactly. I think it's also because it's such a collectivist culture. People really care about what everyone else is doing, um, who's got that PhD, who's doing really well, and they like to compare each other. Everyone's like, their children are their trophies, you know what I mean? So. Of course, like they're going to be like that. How has it been for you? Like now you're back in Sydney, I guess. And have you visited any like Indian parties and stuff like that? How have people reacted to you and this new path that you're on in life? The good thing is I haven't
1: just been to like a general party or a gathering. Mm. It's mostly been wedding stuff. So yeah, at a wedding, everything is about the bride or the groom. So no one really cares to ask that much which is a good thing, but when I do interact with people and they say, so what are you doing? I've definitely gone through this struggle of where I used to say, I'd go, oh, nothing, to now (laughs) going, no, I I am doing something. Like, I sell spices and I make videos. That's what I do. So because it is a bit awkward, like, telling people, like, what do you do? I sell spices. Like, it's like, what? You're selling yeah. spice. What? Yeah, so I've slowly been getting over that and not okay. saying I do nothing.
0: Well, that's good. I'm I'm happy for you. Um, okay, so you selling spices. Like that's something that you started just last a few months ago, right? If I remember correctly, last year, sometime? Um I've been oh, ooh, it's been a while.
1: I started selling them just online for mm-hmm. maybe 6 months and then we went to the vegan markets at the East no, and the Easter show. So the vegan markets we went in January and then the Easter show for anyone who doesn't know in Sydney it's this big kind of like carnival and yeah we were there for 12 days everyone loved the spices it was insane cuz you know growing up when you go to school kids They look at your lunchbox and it's like, Mm -hmm. what is that? So yeah. from a young age, I've been, I don't know. I guess I was groomed or made to think that I should be embarrassed about my food. Mm. So it made me very self-conscious of spices. And at work, I started to take spices in to add to my food and people loved the smell of it. I'd share it. And that was a completely different experience for me. In the past... I had never had a good reaction from people. Like, what you, did you, what was it like
0: for you? For me? <laughs> very similar to you. I remember there was one time my mum packed me like a aloo parantha, which is like this potato flatbread with like yogurt and like the sabji, the curry with it and stuff. So yum, like one of my favourite dishes but I remember like hiding in the corner and eating it cause I was like, oh my God, it's gonna smell like curry. They're gonna call me the girl that smells like curry. I was really like insecure in myself back then. Like I was that girl, super nerdy in school. I had that long Indian plait, like that oil <laughs> that my hair, in that braid, oil in my hair in school. And yeah, I was, I was like, it's really sad to say, but I was not comfortable expressing or showing those parts of my culture, you know, and now, I'm just like, damn, I wasted like so much time eating these shitty jam sandwiches where I could have been eating all the stuff from home.
1: (laughs) My mom didn't ever give me sandwiches. Like she gave me aloo bradda every day. (laughs) And like I would eat my lunch either on my way to school or after school. Like it was just. A bad relationship with food that it made me like I'd I'd eat more my fruit and my like regular food, but
0: Mm.
1: my big meal, like I would just eat that walking home. And it's like so
0: many of us did things like this.
1: Yeah, and it's like telling making fun of someone because of their food impacts them for a long time. So I was kind of in disbelief that people were liking the spice mix when I initially started to sell it online and that's why I went to the vegan markets because I was like I need to go to the markets and I need to see people's reactions I need to Mm. see what they say and I need to see that they love it and everyone loved it they were just like over the moon the most hilarious thing that like made me die whenever people asked me this was They'd go, is there curry powder in this? And I'm like, that's, <laughs> not, that's not a thing. <laughs> like, I really hope you educated them. Ugh. I'm just like, curry powder doesn't actually exist. It's got all the spices that you may find in your
0: curry powder. I'm just like, the lack of education. But that's the thing. Like it it reminds me of people like not understanding like spices themselves. Like a lot of these spices that even that you have in your spice mix, they're very like. Maybe even a lot of people haven't heard of them or tried them before, but together, it's it's a beautiful thing, right? And they blend together. I didn't
1: even know half the words in the Maya and spice mix. Like when my dad <laughs> told me, I only recently learnt what mace was or yeah. star anise. I didn't even.
0: I never knew what they were. Yeah, but does it feel good to like start embracing these parts of your culture again, like parts that were made, maybe made you a little bit like insecure? or uncomfortable it feels amazing like my insecurity about my culture is
1: now just like if you think it's weird you're uneducated it's not me it's you exactly (laughs) if you think that my food smells too strong it's you like you need to try spices and some people actually cannot eat spices it hurts their stomach but some people just don't have never tried it a lot of people think that salt and pepper is um seasoning. I'm like, it isn't.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um at the Easter show, someone said to me, Oh, I can't eat spices, garlic is too much for me. And I'm like, what? <laughs>
0: yeah. I guess like it also depends on your palate growing up. Like if you're not exposed to those flavours as an adult, it might feel, like, a bit much. So maybe some people, like, still need to warm up to that idea.
1: I know, I know. I'm being a bit more harsh because <laughs> I think growing up I was made to feel so shitty about the spices.
0: I'm kind mm. of like,
1: it's not me, it's you. Yeah. And
0: then... um Did you go to a very, um like, a white school? Like, or was it very multicultural? Yeah. Okay. There was um
1: probably my primary school, two other brown Guys, and then when I went to high school, there was one other brown girl, but we weren't friends. And there were there was one brown guy.
0: Okay, (laughs) okay. So you're yeah a diamond, (laughs) pretty much very rare. (laughs) There was no Indians at my school. And how was was that though? Like, yeah, I was just gonna say if you bought the curry.
1: (laughs) Oh. No, to start with, curry is not even a thing. So the other day I was in the car with my best friend and I was telling her like, oh, I'm thinking of writing a cookbook. And she's like, oh, cool. Like, you are going to have like curry recipes in there? I'm like, yeah. And then I was like, wait, you know that curry isn't an Indian word, right? Like it's not a thing. It's just a made up like white word.
0: I didn't even know that, honestly. I thought it was a thing. Damn. I started looking into it and
1: I was like, the word curry doesn't actually, it's not, doesn't exist in our language. There's curry. Yeah, that's but There's
0: true. no, there's
1: not, like curry is not a thing. Curry just means spicy sauce. Mm. And I started thinking about it and our whole, like our, all of our food is grouped into this one word, curry. Yeah, that's, that's true. how people describe all Indian food. And that's so wrong. Like, we need to move away from that. Like, my mm. someone might, a lot of people, because they said, Oh, this tastes like curry. And I'm like, About your spice mix? Yeah. And I'm like, I understand where you're coming from, but you can't group this into a category of curry. If you're grouping this into curry, it means you're grouping, you know, like aloo ki sabji, bangin Yeah, Yeah. You're grouping them together, but they have such individual flavors. It's
0: mm. okay. I a, understand.
1: We need to work on this education. Like it's like calling a sandwich and a burger the same thing.
0: It's very different. <laughs> no, I agree. I think educating people is it's definitely the right way to go. Especially look, sometimes people are ignorant, but sometimes they just they literally they just don't know. Like and then you're like, okay. Maybe I should help out and teach yeah, she didn't know. And she's like, wow. I was like, yeah, like I've never talked about this. I've just accepted that it's the word curry. Yeah, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Indian and I didn't know that. So I was going to ask you with your schooling, right? How was it for you being the only brown girl and like two other brown guys, I guess, in your primary school? How was that experience like for you? Do you feel like it's affected how you became as an adult? Oh, well,
1: naturally it would. In high school, I didn't really think about it. It wasn't, Mm. I never kind of went, oh my gosh, I'm the only Indian. It was like, okay, I'm the only Indian. Like I can't relate to anyone on this one half of me, which is a big part of me. So Mm. I kind of just didn't talk about it. It was like, I didn't talk about Indian clothing. I didn't talk about Indian food, movies. I had my family friends to talk about that with. Okay. So, I kind of had, like, two separate lives. It was my school friends, and then it was my family friends, equally close with them. And it's, it's, um, it's just weird. Like, I'm, I never bring them together. Even okay. to this day, like, there's there's still two separate worlds like I have my school friends and I have my family friends so do you mind if I ask why maybe because when I was little I felt embarrassed about being Indian okay so now it's that fear has just become a habit and I just don't yeah yeah, I've never really thought about that
0: yeah that's interesting because a lot so of it us do have this. These... In... Sorry. <laughs> it has impact. No, 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 yeah, it definitely yeah. has impact. I was going to say, because you mentioned like how you kind of had to have sort of a double life where there was the Priya with her friends and then there was the Priya with her family friends. And do you feel like having these two separate worlds doesn't it make it hard for you to kind of like feel like you're. Being authentic in these different types of situations, like, does it make does it feel a bit odd for you sometimes, or are you kind of just used to it now? I think I notice it more now because I'm Mm. like,
1: I'm one side of me with this people, and I'm the other side of me with this people, and I slowly am bringing them together, in like talking about my culture with Mm. my, with my school friends, I guess, with my family friends. It's both because yeah. I'm I guess my family friends I'm probably more of me because the Indian side it's more relatable and
0: you don't have to kind of explain it in this
1: mm. weird okay.
0: way. Like I know the unspoken understanding. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas now I go to the effort of explaining things to mm. my school friends. So how has it been for you, like, on TikTok? I guess you started your account when you had just um, moved into your van, right? No. So we've had the van for two years. We had it before we quit work. Ah, So we quit
1: work in September 2020, but we got the van a long time ago. It was was June because it was cold. I remember that. Whether it was 20, I think it was 2019. Yeah, that'd Mm. be two years. We got it in June 2019 and then we rented the van a little bit Mm -hmm. and I started making TikToks in September
0: 2019. Oh, wow. Not that long. (laughs) No. Like,
1: I didn't actually start making any van videos till probably January 2020 because I didn't, like, I knew that it was something different, but I didn't think people would find it that interesting. Everyone was really... Well, the most common question I get is, well, how do you go to the toilet? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just go to the public toilets. It's a... yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, that's when we started. Um, the algorithm is amazing on TikTok if you get on it. Um yeah. probably took about five to ten minutes before I was ridiculously addicted to it, where <laughs> I'd, like, go on my phone at maybe nine o'clock and I'd be on it till 2 a.m. in the yeah. beginning
0: it is like that i think
1: everyone's <laughs> had that experience um, yeah but yeah
0: and you know how you mentioned that you didn't really think people would find it too interesting or like i don't know you didn't think it would take off like it did i feel like a lot of the times when we make decisions we don't make them or we don't take that step because we're like oh i'm just gonna really want to care about this stuff you know so now looking back are you like super glad that you just took that step and you're like you know what i'm just gonna put it out there <laughs> Oh, my God.
1: So glad. So the first video that I made with the van, I was making dal at the Mm. back of the van. We were in Byron and I was like, oh, I don't know if anyone will find this interesting, but like, I love this because we were in front of the beach. The sun was setting. We were making dal, which is my favorite thing to eat. And I was like, YOLO, I'll just make the video. Like, who cares? If people don't like it, they won't like it. Yeah. But I love this moment and I want to remember it. And that was when I added the spice mix to it. I was also really self-conscious about adding the spice mix. because so I was like, people are going to be like, what? You're not oh. doing törka. You're not doing it all proper. Because I just chuck in the spice. Hmm. Um, and everyone loved it. Oh, wow. And, and I started to just learn that, the videos that I make that I love, they do the best.
0: That's such a brilliant point because it's because you put that love and passion into something and you know that that's gonna find its way to the right people, right? Yeah and I think
1: people, I used to worry about like will people find what I'm talking about interesting and I've started to learn that no one cares about what you're talking about. Everyone just wants to see your passion when you talk about something. Like I could be talking about this water bottle and if I talk about it, like it's the best thing in my life, you, someone could sit there and listen to me talk about it for half an hour. It's yeah. just, I think us as people, we just want to interact and see the passion in someone else's eyes
0: and just yeah. kind of
1: feed off of that.
0: And this is why I love TikTok so much. And maybe I like it a little bit more than Instagram. Sometimes Instagram feels a bit too like polished, too much filtered. I feel like I'm not really getting to know people as well as I am on TikTok where people are just, just putting a selfie camera up and just talking, you know? I love it. Yeah. I love TikTok.
1: It's my, fa- it's my favorite platform. Yeah. I can go on it and I'm just like, somehow the algorithm just knows what mood I'm in. And it's, like, just shows me stuff. (laughs) It's so creepy. (laughs) It just knows. Like, if I want to have a good laugh, it'll show me something that'll make me laugh. Hmm. And if I want to just learn something, it'll show me something so that I learn something. So it's so much better. I'm on Instagram to catch up and, like, stalk my friends and see what they're up to. Yeah. Other than that, like, for me, TikTok, like, actually makes me so happy.
0: Yeah, it's, there's a lot of good stuff there. And, you know, you're probably, I think, yeah, you're the creator in Australia, one of the creators in Australia that has, like, one of the biggest following that I know of personally, especially an Indian one. How was it like for you? Like, do you feel like there was any challenges for you navigating this, I guess, Indian identity, but also being Australian at that same time and trying to figure out how you fit? Did you have any of these challenges or thoughts? So the reason I started to love TikTok
1: in the first place was I found this Western Indian community on there and everyone was making videos and memes, kind of making fun of our own culture in a relatable way. Like mm. it wasn't nasty. It was just like, oh my God, you go through that too. So yeah. do I. So my whole feed for a solid, I got on, I think I got on TikTok in maybe July, just watching, didn't make any videos. And for maybe three, four months, I was just sitting and enjoying content. And I felt so connected Mm. because I just found all these people that were going through the same issues as me. So it felt like a really safe place. So I didn't tell any of my friends or family that I was making TikTok videos until they found it. I told my parents because there was no way they were going to ever download TikTok. Yeah. Apart from that, friends, I've never told them that, hey, I make TikTok videos. They've always messaged me going, hey, you just came up on my TikTok feed. Okay. So it was kind of my little secret little thing I was doing that made me happy because we were in rural Queensland. i come home from work and make cooking videos when we'd go away in the van for seven days. So we worked seven days on, seven days off roster in mining.
0: Mm, this is you and your
1: partner, right? Yeah. Yeah. So me and my partner in mining, it's really common to work seven days on, seven days off. Okay. And yeah, while we were at work, I'd make cooking videos and we were on the road. I'd make cooking videos in our van for seven days. So getting onto the TikTok world, that part of me, which I felt like I'd been suppressing for so long, it just
0: felt comfortable. Were you afraid that you'd be judged? By the Indian community in any way like doing TikToks and maybe like leaving your job like did you have those thoughts of like you know what will people think you know the usual I did I did but it really helped because I was so far I was
1: Mm. I didn't see them for 11 months like I I guess if you live in Sydney it would have been harder if I lived in Sydney me and Sid have this conversation all the time where it's like Would we have Mm. left our job if we lived in Sydney? And yes, but not now. I reckon we would have waited maybe another three, four years. Because how do you leave your job when every weekend you're meeting up with your friends who are buying houses, getting married, having kids? How do
0: you separate yourself from that? It's hard. Mm. Okay, cuz you feel like everyone around you is achieving so many things or ticking off so many things and then you're like, "Oh, I'm going to quit my job." Is that what you mean? Yeah, like
1: you are what do they say? You are what you are the five people, people that you yeah. hang around the most. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're hanging out with people who are really career minded in a different way to you that you don't want, you will still become like them. Mm. So it would have been harder in Sydney. I don't think we would have, I don't think that would have happened. So if this is something that you want to do, move cities, you got to change (laughs) your reality that's around you. Like,
0: you're doing something different too. Like you're a trainer. Like there aren't that many Indians that are trainers. I'm the only one that I know in, in Sydney. So if there's anyone else, let me know. But I'm the only one that I know. It's true though, like you have to change your environment to make those choices because you're if you're around the same sort of people doing the same sort of things, then you're gonna think, okay, so that's what I should be doing. You know, it does rub off on you.
1: Yeah. And like I reckon you're way more stronger than I am in that
0: point of view. Like, how did you do it? How did did I go off oh okay. How did I change into being a personal trainer? You mean? Yeah. Like that's something very different. Like it's And you
1: you live in Sydney.
0: Yeah, but, you know, I lived in Sydney, but I never had a lot of brown friends growing up. And that's because I lived on, like, the eastern suburb side of Sydney, like, near the beaches and stuff. And my school was, like, completely white. There was no one else who was brown. There was just the one brown guy in my school. And I think I had a little bit of distance to the community. I mean, I had some friends, but there was a bit of distance. So I always saw people doing all sorts of different things and... None of my like school friends would be asking me, okay, so when are you gonna do this, like with your career and stuff? It was very like happiness-oriented questions, you know, and that would always make me reflect, like, am I happy in what I do? And when I was in corporate that's marketing, that's so amazing. That's the important thing. You have to ask yourself those questions. And when I was in corporate marketing, I wasn't happy. I was kind of just doing it because I thought that was the right thing to do, like go to uni get that job and then eventually get married, you know, like you said earlier. But yeah, it just caught up with me and I, I was just sad. And I was like, something has to change. And I took some time off and fitness was kind of always the one constant in my life. And then I mortared my career from my passion. So that's how I got to where you did. <laughs> yeah, and it's the important thing. And I think something that both of us can relate to here is the the, the most important thing about all your decisions should be Like, am I happy? Like, that should be the core of your decision-making. Obviously, you don't want to hurt people with the choices you make, but you also need to make sure that you're happy. And this whole, like, narrative that we should be grateful for being in a country where we have these opportunities and then people saying, oh, you could have done anything else and you chose to become a trainer or you chose to sell spices online or whatever it is, you know. When they say these things, it's like, yeah, but... Like, am I happy? Does anyone actually care if I'm happy? Like, so many of us sacrifice ourselves to this culture. It's it's sad. It's sad. It is sad. And you said that
1: you know you shouldn't try and make hurt someone else by making yourself happy. But if you are fundamentally someone who always puts other people first, maybe you should hurt other people. Like, not obviously not physically, but yes. You may think you're actually hurting them, but you're not.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. And maybe I should clarify with like hurt, I meant like causing physical harm to a person. If people's comfort zone or their ego is getting hurt then tough, they're going to have to deal with it and they're going to have to move on, you know? Cause Definitely, just- like if someone feels like they're outside of
1: their comfort zone to make you happy, sometimes it's okay. It's like, yeah. maybe you should.
0: <laughs> yeah, of course. Now, over the last like, Year and a half or two years with the pandemic and everything that's happening, and then you also launching your business. Like, what's one lesson that you've learned over the last year or two? I'm sure you've learned many, but what's one that sticks out to you that you could pass on to our listeners? It's never easy. Nothing is easy. Yeah.
1: You just have to love something and be so passionate about it that it doesn't matter that it's hard. Like everyone has to do something in your life. Like yeah. you can't just, unless you're a trust fund kid, you can't sit on a sofa for the rest of your life. And even if you do have a lot of money, if you sit on a sofa for the rest of your life, you're not going to be happy because progress is happiness. But yeah, nothing's
0: hard. Nothing's easy. <laughs> nothing's hard. Nothing. I like your mindset. Nothing easy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I agree. Nothing is easy and you just got to, find like what makes you happy, because that's what's gonna get you through those moments where you're just like, oh, I don't wanna do this. And you know, the motivation, it comes and goes with everything. I'm sure as a creator, like you're not motivated to record a video every day. You know, you get that burnout sometimes. Oh yeah, all the time, all the time. But I
1: then go, okay, I'm not gonna sit and do nothing. What is it that I can do? Like I really go off of, I don't feel like doing a video today. Today's just gonna be emails. Like, I'm just going to mm. do something. Like, emails is always that one thing where it never stops, but you're yeah. like,
0: oh, I may as well try to be productive. As long as you're working towards a goal, right? Whatever it is. Perfect. Yeah, what, what, do you, what, what is that one thing for you? Um, ooh, that's a very deep question. What have I learned through all of this? I think when you make decisions out of love for yourself, you can't go wrong. And that's probably the, the biggest thing that I've learned. Like for me, I, I'm sure lots of people relate, maybe you do as well. I was always a people pleaser growing up. So for me to then all of a sudden put myself at the core of all my decisions, I was completely losing my shit. It was whack for me. I was like, oh, it felt so uncomfortable, you know? Cause you feel so seen and you're like, wow, okay, I'm doing this for me. But when you do that, like, and you leave that comfort zone, like, everything else doesn't feel like that big of a jump anymore you know what I mean when once you show yourself that you can leave that comfort zone and be okay because you put yourself first I feel like you can do anything you just open so much more of life and you can enjoy it so I think that's what I've learned as well thank you for joining today Priya it was so lovely talking to you I hope that you had a good time
1: I had a great time thank you
0: and where can everyone find you So
1: on Instagram, you can find me. Hi, my name is Priya with a double A because someone took hi, my name is Priya. (laughs) Rude. (laughs) I know. (laughs) And then on TikTok, it's hi, my name is Priya as well.
0: Perfect. So make sure you follow Priya on Instagram and TikTok. Drop a like and subscribe to our podcast for more. I'll be back with a new one soon.